You're listening to Code Red with Secure America Now, the largest national security grassroots army. Hello, this is Alan Roth, president of Secure America Now. This is a special edition of the Code Red podcast. Our team recently went to CPAC 2021 to promote our mission of bringing critical security issues to the forefront of the American debate. We interviewed a number of patriots, including Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, several gentlemen running for Congress, the president of Texans for Israel, and many others. We've compiled our conversations with them to bring you their perspective on the border crisis, voter integrity, leftist calls for defunding the police, and more. CPAC is one of the largest, most influential gatherings of conservatives in the country. Their event this year, America Uncanceled, was no different. Let's hear from those we spoke with. First up, we're joined by Dan Corrales, He's a disabled Army veteran running for city council in Midland, Texas. He shares with us how his background as a district attorney gave him valuable experience working with law enforcement. I'm a disabled veteran. I served in the Army, and after a gunshot wound, I used a GI Bill to go to law school. Ended up working as a paralegal in law school in the district attorney's office. Ended up becoming a district attorney thereafter. Also worked in the U.S. Attorney's Office. And so having that experience with law enforcement, right? When you were the prosecutor, you were going to interview police from a plethora of different places, right? It's not just your municipal police, you've got your state police. So it gives me an interesting perspective that most people don't have. Yep, definitely. And uh, what would you say to the people who say that, you know, we need to defund the police? What do you think of that whole movement? I think that's a horrible idea. I think we need to defend the police, not defund the police. When you look at the cities that have taken that approach and you look at the crime rates that are going up, you know, many people don't realize this, but the FBI publishes a crime report from data it collects from law enforcement agencies countrywide. Now, all those places that are wanting to defund the police have a skyrocketing crime rate. So what are you going to do when you need help? when the police are telling you that, you know, they can't handle it because you took away their resources. How does that make sense? No, absolutely agree on that. We uh, have an issue with our southern border right now, you being from Texas, Midland. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say to people who claim that there's no border crisis right now? Well, there's, there's a few things. I'll rewind just one second back to the defending the police. If you talk about qualified immunity and taking that away, if you talk about putting a civilian complaint review board, right, and telling police that civilians with no law enforcement experience are going to make a decision to terminate them, that makes police preoccupied. Instead of going to save someone, they're thinking twice about that because they're going to get sued. So you're taking the first out of first responder. And I think you really need to put that back into it. They need to come first. Their law enforcement job, saving lives, needs to be their priority. And if we're telling them, well, we're going to sue you for every little thing, there's no support there. So I think that's one of the issues. And that'll segue into the border crisis. When you look at what's happening in Texas, right? 
People want to defund the police in Austin. You know who's picking up the slack? Our state troopers. My niece, her mom, is a state trooper in McAllen. And she's having to get redeployed. She's been redeployed in Austin because they defund their police. And so now the state has to pick up the tab for a city that doesn't want to spend their money on backing the blue. So the other issue that you have is the federal government, President Biden. He is not sending the resources, the military, that we need to the border. So state troopers are having to get taken from their homes. There's one in Midland that I know, his name's Stevie Vargas. He's got dis, uh, kids with special needs. And the mom now, his wife has to take that burden of raising that family because he can't perform his tour duty in Midland because he's getting redeployed to the border, whether that's El Paso, that, you know, Kamala Harris went over there. There ain't nothing going on over there. It's down in McAllen. It's down in Edinburgh. That's where we have that issue is in southeastern Texas. Mike Collins is running for Congress in Georgia's 10th district. As the small business owner of a trucking company, he shares his unique perspective on why we need to keep our border secure. You know, our southern border, whether they estimated a million people have come across that border just this year. And that's the people that are pretty much coming across and sitting down and saying, hello, I'm here. That the border security major problem you have is the criminal activity that's coming across. And those, those, that criminal activity is spreading throughout the entire United States. And so that's coming into the state of Georgia as well. And if we don't finish building that wall down there and securing that, that southern border, we're not going to get control of this problem with the drugs and, and, and the, the, the criminals that are just coming and flooding across our border. So, you know, and I've had people ask me, what, uh, what would you like to see done about it? I mean, First of all, we need to finish building the wall. It was paid for. The material's laying there. A lot of people have been standing on it. Now you got to pay those folks to come back and do it again because you don't pay them and they didn't finish it. But uh, if you want a quick fix to it, I can tell you we can send the military down there and start doing training on the border. <laughs> That'll probably stop your problem in about two days. <laughs> and, uh, and so another... Um, you know, another question that I, I'm always curious about, we're here in Texas, in Dallas, and people here seem to, to understand that there is a real crisis at the border and understand what the effects of that are. Um, you know, why, why would somebody in Georgia care about what's happening at the southern border? How does that affect real people's lives in Georgia? Well, it, it, it affects in a multitude of different ways. A lot of those folks coming across, they're going to get free Medicare, Medicaid, they're going, to, they're going to be on all of your welfare systems. That's a strain on the whole country. I mean, it, folks in Texas, not just them. But then again, it goes back to just that, that criminal activity and the cartels. They don't just rest at the border. They spread out and they spread their drugs. They spread out all of their illegal activities throughout this country. We're seeing it in Georgia. Georgia has a major thoroughfare that, uh, that they run through up and down that interstate. And uh, that's things like that, that that we have got to get control of. And it all starts right down here on the southern border. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely a, a big crime wave uh, going on across the country right now. And some people are calling for defunding the police and, and trying to villainize them as part of the problem. I mean, what do you say to, to people who are part of that movement? Well, I tell you what, let's defund the government and fund the police. I think that'd be the first thing. But 
defunding the police, couple that with letting all of these groups take up residence in these blocks of these cities and burning down these cities and burning down these police stations and attacking our cops. That is the foundation of this country and it is called law and order. We are a country of laws and if we can't abide by them and we can't stand up for them, we've got huge problems. We don't have a country and until we stand up and we not only protect and, and protect our law enforcement and start abiding by the laws and arresting some of these folks and putting them in jail for destroying this, these cities, we're never going to be back to normal. And that's not the United States of America. And you need some folks in Washington to stand up for this mess and to put a stop to it. Where are our representatives? Why are they not standing up demanding that we stop this mess? Those folks out there in the police department, they put their lives on the line every day. They literally put their life on the line. And here we are talking about defunding them. Oh, that's, that's way in the wrong direction. And you also, you know, being from Georgia, that happens to be the real battleground right now when it comes to election integrity. Do you have just anything to say about what it's like being right there on the on the front lines, you know, trying to make sure that we have election integrity in this country? You know, Eric, I, um, I've been chairman of our local Republican Party for almost seven years. So I've been through several elections, working the polls, poll watching it, and, and, and watching the ballot counts. And uh, we had a lot going on, going on in Georgia this year. It needs to be audited, it needs to be investigated. I cannot understand why, where, even if you're a Democrat, what is wrong with auditing your process to ensure that it was not only right for the Republicans, but it was right for the Democrats as well? If you are so sure that you won the election, there should be no issue. Audit the, the process, audit the ballots, and let's see what went on. From, this, from where I stood, from what I saw, yeah, I could see where you could you could manipulate this scene. Now, in our county, we were fortunate. We only had one mobile drop box, and that was it. But uh, in a multitude of counties, you had not only mobile drop boxes, but you had mobile voting. And it just, there was a lot of room for rapid crawl, and we need to get to the bottom of this. Welcome back to the Code Red podcast. We've got Congresswoman Lauren Boebert here. It's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me on. This is an honor. Thank you. So what do you think of CPAC so far? Are you oh, this having is fantastic. a good time? America uncanceled. It, that says everything right there. The left is trying everything they can to silence America, uh, Americans and to cancel the American dream. And so we are here every day uh, making sure that that remains alive for generations to come. Wonderful, and we're here to hold the left accountable and to make sure that we're focused on national security yes. and protecting our border and keeping people safe at home. So my first question for you is, what do you say to people who claim that there's no real border crisis? 
anybody who says that there is not a real border crisis has only watched CNN and certainly has not been down to the border themselves, uh, much like the president and the vice president. Uh, neither have been and actually seen what's happening at the border. I've been down there three times now, and it is an absolute humanitarian crisis. What we're seeing is devastating. The unaccompanied minors who are being uh, shoved through uh, by the cartel, they're used as decoys, as pawns, because uh, the cartel know when these unaccompanied minors are being processed, they can then send the criminal aliens over without any hassle because Border Patrol is preoccupied. Yeah, we, we've heard that from our Border Patrol agents that we've interviewed um, for our documentary that we produced. and. It's really a, a bad crisis down there. Um, and then, you know, turning the attention to within our own borders, what's happening here at home, there's a, a link there with crime, and uh, we always, you know, want to focus on supporting our police back in the blue. What do you think of the whole defund the police movement? Um, is there any logic, rhyme, or reason to it? What would you say to that? Their logic, rhyme, and reason is because they want complete and utter chaos so they can have control. Because when America breaks out in chaos, then they have a reason to go in and have ultimate control. Maybe that's on a national level. I mean, we, we saw a glimpse of that in Washington, D.C. when 25,000 National Guard were sent in, sent in with AR-15s and there were uh, fences and walls erected with miles of razor wire. Uh, that was um, a very telling image of what they want America to look like. And with, with everyone that's coming across the borders right now and the surge that we're seeing there, it's just adding to the chaos and the madness. They are incentivizing rioting and, and violent protests, burning down uh, small businesses. Uh, then Senator Kamala Harris uh, was, was bailing these guys out of jail. And all the while, they are calling to defund our law enforcement officers. They want to disband their agencies, dismantle them, dissolve them. And, uh, and then bring in social workers. I mean, it's, it's absolutely absurd. From the very beginning, Republicans were saying, this is nonsense, we need to be back the blue, we stand with our law enforcement officers, we need them, we are grateful for their sacrifice and their service to our communities, and they need more resources, not less resources. And I, I just wanna bring this back home to Colorado. Uh, first of all, we're a sanctuary state because of our Democrat governor. And with the, the crisis that's going on at the border, we're seeing an increase in illegal aliens migrating to Colorado. Our governor has even uh, strengthened the benefits and, uh, and eased the accessibility of the access to, to, to benefits for these illegal aliens to receive once they get in. Now, our law enforcement officers in Colorado have been stripped of qualified immunity at a state level. They do not have qualified immunity. They are personally liable for doing the job that they swore to do. And it is very hard right now for law enforcement uh, officers to recruit other officers uh, into their agencies. No one wants to be a police right now. They've been demonized, they've been uh, vilified, and, and it's, it's not a, a glorifying time right now to be an officer. And so um, my, my heart goes out to them. I pray for them and their safety, their well-being. And, uh, and I, I hope they know that there's a you're exactly right. They, they're really fighting with their hands tied behind their back down at the border. Here at home, they're being stripped of valuable resources and funding, and that's just no way to, to keep our country safe. We sat down with Mike Isley with Texans for Israel. 
He shares with us the background of his organization and some of the issues that they focus on. Well, many years ago I went to Israel, changed my life, and then I started becoming friends with Israelis. And they, uh, you've heard of Christians United for Israel, so you know, you start learning about this. So many years ago, a bunch of friends and I, we thought, what can we do? So we thought we could get a lot of Texans to support Israel, which we've done over the years. We've, we've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. And We're a very pro-Israel state. We're very pro-Israel. But uh, here I'm at CPAC, and we were just talking. You know, Israel has borders. You just can't go in. And so uh, it was good talking to you about if, if Texas doesn't have borders, or America, what in the world are we doing? But So we, we've learned a lot from our Israeli brothers and sisters. But, uh, but what we, we do is we just try to explain to Christians how important the state of Israel is. So uh, uh, we, we just do that, and we've, we've made a difference. So we're glad to have made a difference. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on. And how would you um, how would you rate the Biden administration's handling of uh, American-Israel relations? Well, I'm not going to use terminology that I shouldn't say. I think Biden is a disaster, and of course Kamala. She's a she's crazy, and so I think what they've already hurt Israel greatly, and uh, so I. I just don't know how much longer they, they uh, do you remember the Taylor Force Act where when a, uh, a Jew was killed by stabbing or shooting they're, try, they're trying to reverse all the good things we've done in the last decade and uh, Biden is not for Israel or his administration you can tell I mean those people are literally crazy I never thought I'd live today see how anti, I mean, you know, if you're anti-Zionist, anti-Israel, you're truly anti-God. I don't, I just, it's just shocking how crazy these people are. So Biden's a disaster. There's a big divide in America of people who are supportive of Israel and people who are starting to uh, become very vocal, very critical and, and are wondering, you know, why does the United States need to support Israel? Why are they an important ally? What is your message to people who might not be as familiar with that um, about why it's so important for us as Americans to support Israel? Well, you know, we're here at CPAC and there was an amazing congressman that just spoke about why don't we believe in the Ten Commandments I mean, we, you know, they took prayer out of school. They took the Ten Commandments. Well, it's, it's, I'm beginning to understand that uh, globalism is, uh, and there just seems to be an anti-God movement. Let's, let's not offend anybody. But then uh, they, they're very pro any radical. So I think uh, we've left our first love, which is, the Torah and the Bible, and so when you don't have the standards, and then you're uh, you're lied to about these radical Islamic groups. You know they they just tell how horrible Israel is. Well, 
Israel, you know, in the last few months when the bombs, uh, they're just they're just trying to help their people. So and then the radical like Hamas, they they use their people and they don't care if they're killed or destroyed. They're just trying to take over Israel. So uh, you just learn that it, it just the bottom line is. Uh, just, I just think there's haters of the Word of God and God, and then of course the Jewish people are, are chosen to be an example. And uh, I think millions of people are waking up right now that we we can't lose. We got to support Israel, but it's just crazy how uh, I've learned a lot from Laura on Fox, Laura Ingram. I didn't know what a globalist was, but. I, I think that has a lot to do with the problems. And would you agree that American national security, you know, we can't really have it without being strong allies with Israel? Oh, for sure. You know, uh, that Israel is, uh, I'm part of an organization called the APAC, and Israel, if, if it wasn't for Israel, with their brilliant scientists like the, uh, the Dome, you know, that shoots down, and all the things they do, they are such a great partner. So uh, it's such a great investment to be with Israel. But uh, just those those who bless Israel will be blessed. Those who curse Israel will be cursed. If we lose Israel, we're, we're goners. And our, our forefathers loved the Jewish people, you know, our founders. So, uh, and, and you know, we learned from Israel that they uh, they have borders. These people want to kill them, and I think we have just forgotten America. We've got to have borders. There are people that are coming in here. They want to kill us, and we're just stupid. So we 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 just got to stick with Israel. We learn from Israel, and it, I'm a Bible believing Christian, so I believe the Word of God. We have got to continue to love and support Israel. We're back here on the Code Red podcast here at CPAC 2021. I'm here with Richard Rogers. And uh, Richard, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Well, like you said, Eric, I'm Richard Rogers, and I am here at CPAC uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, primarily, it's a love of this country and um, and what and what and what the right side, the Republicans, are, are doing in, in this country, um, and what they're trying to accomplish. Um, I guess I'm just kind of started here. Uh, since January 20th, when the Biden administration took over the White House, our country has really spun out of control. Uh, that very first afternoon, President Biden, having been president for three hours, walked in the Oval Office, had a stack of executive orders. He signed and he changed the, he changed, he changed the future, changed the situation in our country just by using a pen. Um, and if he, if he had been sworn in as president, if he had even touched the border, had he signed an executive order, the border would have been this, in, in the same shape it was before January 20th. What's going on down there, it's, it's, it's out of control. And the, the, it's a failure of this administration to, to say that it's a border crisis. Everybody is saying there's a crisis at the border. 
There's a crisis at the border. There is a crisis at the border, and this administration needs to address it, and they need to address it now. You're welcome to this country if you do it the proper way. People are coming to this country at record levels. If you see the reports ever since January, the, the number of border crossings has increased tremendously. Compare that to this time last year, and you'll see the changes happening down here. And, and the failure of this administration to address that issue. I mean, here you have the Vice President of the United States, Kapita Bordersar, took her 78 plus days to come to the state of Texas. And where does she go? She goes to West Texas, not at the epicenter of this, of this crisis, but it's in a place that's 500 miles away from the border crisis. And she only went she only went because two days prior, President Trump announced he was coming to the border. So can you, uh, you know, share your experience, what you've seen as far as, you know, the, the crime that uh, results from not having a secure border? Well, it's, you've got so many people coming in the border. I mean, like I said, at record rates every day. And it's going to cause, they're talking about infrastructure. We're talking about education. It's going to cause a strain on those systems because, because what's going to happen is these these children who are coming into this country, and a lot of are coming in unaccompanied. That should never happen. And a parents send their send their unaccompanied minors to this country. I mean, that, that's just totally wrong. Code Red Podcast. We're here at CPAC in Dallas. I'm here with Jared Sessler. And uh, Jared, why don't you go ahead and uh, and introduce yourself to us? Okay, thanks for having me, Eric. Uh, Jared Sessler. I'm coming from Washington State, uh, not to be confused with the other Washington. Uh, and I'm from Eastern Washington. I'm running for Congress in Washington's Fourth District against a uh, an incumbent uh, Republican who voted for impeachment. So I'm, I'm a conservative, uh, married for 25 years, uh, three kids, uh, veteran in the U.S. Navy, and uh, a former NASCAR driver, and I've been in business for over 20 years. Traveled to D.C. many times, working on uh, uh, legislation that's great for, for small business and especially franchising, and I'm just passionate about America. I'm a conservative, and I'm running because I'm a Christian. I think that uh, Christians, especially people with with morals and ethics need to stand up in America today because uh, if we don't have a moral compass in this country, if we don't have people that truly understand what our foundation and our backbone is in terms of the way this country was structured, then uh, we, we no longer have an America, as, as uh, at least as I've known it since I've grown up here. Thank you for the, the introduction and uh, would love to to get your thoughts on some of the, the bigger national security issues going on in the country right now. Yeah, happy to talk about that. And uh, you know, first of all, there's a, a serious crisis at our border. You know, there's a lot of people in the media who are downplaying it, who are saying that there's no crisis. You've got the, the vice president taking forever to even go to the, to see the border crisis firsthand. Yeah, it's perceived to be unimportant. She doesn't want to rush down there and give it the, give it the uh, legitimacy that it should have. And so I wanted to ask you, first of all, what do you say to people who claim that there's not actually a crisis? Well, there is a crisis, and it's, uh, 
it's actually a multi-headed crisis, and I, it's serious enough even for me, somebody from Washington State, which is probably one of the states that's farthest from the border, uh, that I'm Close going to there. Canada, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, we have our own issues with the Canadian border. I'm going to the border uh, here in Texas, uh, not tomorrow, but the next day for a couple of days, and uh, going to be meeting with law enforcement and and just seeing it for myself and shooting some videos and hopefully helping. You know some of the people around the country and especially the folks in eastern washington central washington to know what's really going on because you know in, in where i'm from in central washington it's primarily agricultural and ranchers and so the the migrant question and that whole issue in terms of migrant labor and you know getting legal labor and all this kind of stuff is a big deal uh, but i think the humanitarian issues are much more important and fundamentally there's problems with our our, our immigration system, but it's interesting that our immigration system is not actually as broken as whoever's in the executive branch makes it to be. So if you notice that between uh, 2008 and t or, yeah, 2008 and 2016, we basically had open borders. And then oddly enough, this last few months, all of a sudden we're back to open borders where there's still open borders, you know, where there hasn't been a wall built. And the problem with that is they're, they're, when people come to America illegally, they essentially go into what I would call a modern day slavery category because they don't have the same opportunities that you and I have or that our kids have because they've got this glass ceiling over themselves. And last time I checked, that's not America. Ameri All of us are immigrants on some level, either our parents or our grandparents or somebody somewhere migrated to America. And we need to have a legal immigration system that protects people and ensures their opportunity continues long into the future. That's not to mention the massive, you know, drug problem that we have. I have a friend that works for the DEA that uh, kind of fills me in on some of the things that are happening at the border and in Mexico and, you know, with help from China and different things that are happening. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we've got the, the disgusting human trafficking, which I just hate to even even address, but it is a big issue. It's it's an issue that we have to talk about. And, um, you know, for those reasons, as well as others, we need to be strong with border security. It is a loving uh, American thing to do, to be strong. Uh, one of the things that most people don't want to talk about is the security risk that we have. To get into Mexico is not the same as to get into the United States. Anybody from anywhere in the world can walk into Mexico without any hesitation or any problem at all. And then they can walk north or get a ride or a bus or whatever, and they can walk right across the border into the United States. So to say that we don't have a serious problem at our southern border is lunacy. Absolutely, it's a, a national security issue. And one of the, the other effects, you know, you see uh, just a major increase in crime across the country. It's not just in these border communities. And with the, the recent crime wave and everything, you hear people on the left calling for defunding the police and, and other, other agencies. And uh, you know, what do you say to those people? What do you think of the whole defund the police movement? Yeah, well, we've got a, uh, unfortunately, an active uh, burn, loot, murder, anti-God, uh, you know, regressive uh, you know, philosophy theory, whatever you want to call it, going on, going on in our country. 
and we have to come against that. It, it's it's completely wrong. You know, we need to defend the police, not defund the police. And this goes down to some fundamental truth about the purpose of law. And if you understand the way laws are supposed to work, you realize, and you know, if you read the Federalist Papers, you read about uh, the Social Compact, for example, which is the agreement that each of us have between each other as citizens of America in terms of respecting each other's person, respecting our natural rights, our, our, our right to be safe, and, and our right to property, and, and all these kinds of things. You understand that it is an, it's an absolute you know, atrocity to see what's happening, and we cannot continue to allow the left to uh, enable the destruction that they have against our, our law enforcement officers. And the whole purpose for the law is for justice. So, Eric, if you offend me, you break the law in, in a way that offends me or somebody else around us, you're simply choosing to give up your freedom. The police coming in and putting you in handcuffs is post your decision to give up your freedom. All they're doing is executing justice. So we have they're to quit. doing their job. Yeah, we have to quit looking at the police as the problem and start to realize that they are simply executing justice based on the choices that criminals make to give up their freedom. If we no longer have police or we no longer have a law enforcement agency across the country to be able to execute that justice, then criminals simply run rampant because they don't care about morals. They don't care about ethics. They don't care about who they harm on their pathway to their form of freedom. Absolutely. And with everyone villainizing police officers and our law enforcement um, officers in general these days, you know, you're seeing an increase in retirements. You're seeing fewer people choosing to go into law enforcement and um, you know, something that we have been doing while we're here at CPAC is asking people, what is your message to those law enforcement officers? Uh, do you have anything to say as far as some words of encouragement? Yeah, well, first of all, I'll say that, uh, again, my name is Jared Sessler. I'm from Eastern Washington. I'm running for Congress in Washington's 4th District, and I will openly and publicly thank as I do and have many times, our police officers, our firefighters, our military, I'm a veteran. Uh, these folks, men and women, have enabled us to live out the liberty that we have today. If you listen to a gal named Chris Ann Hall, who does some great teaching, she says that we owe our, we owe our debt of liberty to the people who have paid for liberty for us. We owe it to the future because somebody else paid for it in the past. And today, our liberty is primarily paid for by these, uh, by these police, by the military, by the people that are protecting us. And so it's really, really important for us to honor those folks, to respect them. Uh, we have to turn this ship around very quickly because, you know, when you and I were kids, Eric, it probably was on all of our minds at some point that we wanted to either be a police officer or a firefighter and or a paramedic or a doctor or one of these important roles and nowadays if the if the, the path continues the way it is kids are no longer going to aspire to those important vital positions i carry uh, a sidearm and i'm permitted to carry it uh, for one reason because i like to make sure i can protect the police 
because if they get into a situation, I don't want to just be running in there, uh, you know, throwing my arms up against the bad guy. I want to make sure that I have the ability to protect these men and women who are putting their lives on the line for us every single day. Thanks for listening to the Code Red Podcast. Be sure to click subscribe to stay up to date and be the first to hear about our future podcast. You can also find and subscribe to the Code Red Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube.